0: Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast. Actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Rumor Mill 13. Lucky, oh, yeah. thirteen, lucky thirteen, unlucky
1: thirteen.
0: One more time.
1: Any Triscodecophobia
0: here?
2: <laughs> no. Yep. Nope. All right. I'm totally frightened of thirteens, which is why I love it so much. <laughs> it would be
3: bad if I was, because my mom was born on a Friday the thirteenth.
4: So ah. my baby
3: niece was born on a Friday the thirteenth.
4: <laughs> Fooky. And
5: her thirteenth birthday will be on Friday the 13th. That's
0: amazing. Oh, nice. Nice. So make sure she doesn't go into uh, or go to any lakeside camps or anything like that. Especially if they <laughs> involve the word be...
3: crystal. Anyway. I oh,
0: know. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. Actually, we are here to talk about a, a horrible encounter with a fiendish individual. Yep, that's that was true. Fun.
3: I mean, I could talk about Friday the 13th all day, but that's a different podcast, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's for our upcoming uh 1980s uh, horror film anthology. Does it have to okay. be stuck
3: to 1980s? Can I just talk about no more? can, horror maybe? can, can <laughs>
2: I join that anyway? Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> sure
2: sweet all right we'll just do live streams but they'll
0: just be all jordan's reaction shots to horror mm. movies oh,
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> just be going ah ooh ah, i don't know if you're
6: watching a horror movie or something gross <laughs> I mean, i'm not quite sure it's a
1: lot of gross ho- horrible things mm. and a lot of me doing my high pitched scream <laughs> we've all seen
0: the thing well uh, have
1: have we cuz I don't think I have Oh okay
0: well yeah you definitely <laughs> should that's uh yeah, that's Yeah it's really I good. Mean, it's a good it's one. really good it's just <laughs> also a horror movie for body horror especially
1: Yeah Oh great my favorite type of horror body Jordan
3: horror Jordan doesn't like scary things it's okay that Jordan it doesn't is. like it's scary fun. movies that is his least favorite of the horror types
0: so yeah we're gonna go jump back in uh, talking about episodes 37 38 and 39 of the hell's rebels podcast uh episode 37 was basically just the fight with nox
1: that was wild that was a crazy fight yeah oh,
3: that yeah, was, was tough and then yep. she ran away like a little or rick won't let me say i hate when people run away
2: you coward get back here and bleed
3: Stay here and die <laughs> like
2: you're supposed to.
3: I was yeah. hoping the bleeding would kill her, but it doesn't sound, from what we've heard, it doesn't sound like it. it de- yeah, it
1: depends on I what don't... her fast healing was. But we're, yeah. we're kind of
0: skipping to the end of that yes. because there was an entire fight leading into that, uh, that subsequent tactical withdrawal, as I would put it. True. Mm. You guys had a, a big fight there in the uh, the bottom there of the mini Steps Monastery. Yep. Which went south Honestly, you guys had a really strong opening round. It's true. The first round went really well. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And then went downhill very fast.
0: Mm. Yeah. Lucia hit the <laughs> ground, was out for most of that
2: fight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then there uh, was the a critical in there, wasn't there? Or am I um, misremembering?
1: I don't think I got critical. I somebody uh, got
2: critical in there.
1: I'm pretty it sure somebody me, did. It might have been me. I don't know. It's been a couple episodes.
2: But yeah, you
0: guys had a big fight through the Meditation Gardens. Um, again, it's one of the things that I really like about 2nd Edition where there's a lot of utilizing the synergy between abilities.
4: Mm-hmm. I feel like
0: even more so than in 1st Edition. So it's one of the, the selling points for 2nd Edition that still has me intrigued. Where... Between her ability to basically stab people and then shove people and redirect them into other locations. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like fun things that she could do with that. And uh,
1: and her having a reach weapon just to make it yeah. extra bad. Yeah. Yeah. Basically made it impossible
2: for us to tactically position ourselves without also setting ourselves up for an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Which, funny enough, gets into the actual reasons
0: people used pole arms.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can poke you from all the way over here, and you can't <laughs> stab me. Sucks to Maintain be you. Maintain a tactical poke. advantage. Yeah, but yeah. Unfortunately, Lucia was out uh,
0: early in that fight, which is I think only the second time that we've had someone go down. I think Adria went
2: down in the fight
0: against uh, the dwarf at the assault. Yeah, mm. I went down.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, Victoria also went
0: down. Uh, yeah, that's I, that's right. I went down against the hillhouse.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, kind of proving the the
0: deadliness fight. of Second Edition. Yeah. Yeah. It pulls no punches. Yeah. And, uh, but fortunately, Lucia was stabilized. Um,
3: I have decided I'm going to buy Raven a little cat backpack
0: mm, so she can carry
3: holy waters and other things in it in case of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: you guys got to utilize some holy water to help with the regeneration, and uh, Cesare even got to go in there and throw a few punches. I
3: yeah. didn't actually throw oh. punches. I just walked up there and got stabbed, and she <laughs> yes. made me bleed my own blood, so then she got to bleed.
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: I mean. Blood vendetta, another, such a good spell
2: delightfully Jojo's Bizarre Adventure sort of spell almost <laughs> if you've watched that, that or spell. know anything about that but yeah <laughs> and uh, Jess even got up there in the uh, in the mix yeah. in that fight
0: that was the oh
6: uh, geez the rogue needs a flank let me get up there
2: I was about to say I was very appreciative but I was also somewhat terrified of both the wizard and the druid like charging into melee it, I have a shield I, have I, a... I know but it's still like uh,
6: <laughs> do people make tanky druids I didn't
2: yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I, mean, I could have been a tank. <laughs> you're you're definitely more the spellcasty druid, not the yeah. tanky druid. But, yes.
6: But hey. But hey, I was it, up it there.
2: worked out in the end. So yep. we got through it.
6: We just provoked so many attacks of opportunity. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sure. So yeah. many. So I mean, many. What
1: attacks a, what a showcase of a of a really great tactical fighter build though. Oh yeah.
5: Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed.
0: Got to play around with some fun uh, some fun neat things there. The ad- added edition of having dimension door. Mm-hmm. Gave her a certain degree of versatility. It's so rude, that,
2: is what it is. <laughs> I know. Ugh. I mean, so many devils have it. It,
1: it especially makes at a sense. level when we can't counter by also dimension dooring. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to get or dimensional anchor or any of those. Yeah, I'm gonna
3: have to get dimensional anchor.
2: Yeah, it's a fairly common devil tactic, or at least it was in first edition. I don't know how common it is in second edition. Well, to be fair, but, I think didn't we yeah.
1: not really know anything about her other than
3: we just know that she's like bonded something herself fiendish. with a yeah, she's something
1: devil. Fiendish. Yeah.
6: We knew that she had damage, or that we needed to hit her with something good.
2: Yes.
5: Well, and the holy water to stop her mm-hmm. fast healing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, because yeah, that does good-aligned damage. It is interesting, also the various damage types and how they play out. Because while we could overcome her resistance to non-silver weapons, we we could do that left and right. I assume she had a resistance yeah. to non-silver weapons. Um, it did very little to stop her regeneration, which yeah. You yeah. Know, was a different thing entirely. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. I almost feel like... I've been playing FromSoft
0: games recently, and there's there's a classic thing with those where they, they try to reinforce things early on in what you're going to need to do in the future mm. uh, by presenting you with a very hard challenge, uh, which will, however, make things easier for you in the future. And I think that some of this, where it's Heather's whole, I need to do something about things having Dimension Door. Well, this is really the first time that the groups really run into that. Yeah. And... Assuming as this adventure goes on and as the Rebellion goes on and you guys are fighting more devils, you're going to have to get used to almost everything being able to teleport.
5: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's like 2E is like, hey, so 1E was kind of hard sometimes, but now welcome to Elden Ring. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we also get cool powers. That's the thing.
0: Mm. It's more just making you aware that, like, do you have silver? Good. Do you have good damaging stuff? Good okay now you also need to worry about teleportation so it's that like okay we know we mm. need silver we know we need good we know we're going to need teleportation stuff because this is only the dipping our toes in the, the river of terribleness that is fighting devils and outsiders I was gonna say, all as the time as bad as Nox
2: was I'm sure there are much worse fights to come oh yeah
6: sure
5: uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt the one where she comes back
2: <laughs> yeah who knows is
5: really mad at us <laughs> yeah
0: a little bit just a little mad at us just you wait uh, Following that fight, you guys quickly looted what you could out of the mini Steps Monastery, threw all that yes. in Yeah, including Yep, including Lucia. Well, well, you didn't we, throw Lucia back. We, we
3: gtfo because we knew Nox was immediately either going to go to the church or the nearest guard tower, depending on how far, you know, her dimension was. Or she was just going to
1: die and draw attention by, you know, being, being dead. Being
3: dead in the road, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the three, all of them, which are bad for us.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: But collecting your uh, your filthy lucre, you then
0: ran upstairs and uh, ran into some members of your own organization coming in there, basically (laughs) going, "Let's move it along,
2: guys." Yeah,
0: we we were uh,
6: creepy old place.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we were very happy it was them and not you know the guard. Yeah, I imagine we did
3: leave that priest tied up in that room, and a couple of the uh, redactors were also alive. So we'll see how that plays out later. Yep.
0: Yeah, it might not be the last you see of uh, Asvernathy Roll. So if he's knows. smart, that's the
1: last we'll see of him. But yeah. I
0: mean, you know, mm. he just keeps showing up as a reoccurring joke
1: villain or something like that.
6: <laughs> he's just always the guy that's guarding places we break into. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh,
1: yeah. you, <laughs> oh you guys, I surrender. All right. He's like Ultros.
0: You uh, for Final Fantasy six fans out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. You then made your way out into the city, uh, actually retreated a little bit back to Belial's brew house. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Where you had managed to get a. Uh, lucia back on her feet dug through the uh the tomes and Mm -hmm. managed to discover reading through those uh, what razili thurum was after when he attacked
3: the temple it's just a copy of the book of the damned like it's no biggie no big deal Really like that's whatever harm those. came from reading a book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: just
5: the uh the
0: diabolic chapters but mm-hmm. yes so that gets into the whole just... fun thing of uh the book of the damned what is the book of the damned the book of uh i always want to say exalted deeds but i think that that's anD i can't remember what the yeah uh, it's oh geez the Pathfinder version is. Look of those good boys and Never then uh, Concordance of Rivals, I think, is the neutral, yes, neutral that's option. that's mm-hmm. for the neutral ones, yeah. A book so evil that it, in fact, corrupts the very fabric of things touching it.
3: Yeah. Chronicle yeah. of the Righteous.
0: Is Chronicle the, like, of the Righteous. Version. You had then uh, rejoined with your compatriots following that.
3: Back at the wasp's nest.
0: Back at the wasp's mm-hmm. nest and had to uh, break to Rexus the bad news. Yeah.
4: yeah. Not that he was,
2: yeah. I guess, I guess he wasn't surprised, but... He had been hoping for a different outcome, but... Yeah. 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 He didn't seem to be... He didn't seem to expect that that would be the case. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately it wasn't. So uh, yeah. you guys have broken the the bad news and then split to go your own separate ways in uh, in that episode before meeting back up again. Uh, well, not all of you have actually met back up again. In That's fact, none of you have met back up again. Yep. Uh, that took us into... Episode uh, 30 or 39, At which point uh, Chesare and Adria had had a fun, long conversation with one another about I uh, Cesare's. Fun. I mean, there were snacks.
6: <laughs> yeah, it was cool, though, because it was like, ah, he hates them because he hates that part of himself as well.
3: Like
0: and dramatic reveal, which is cool. But yeah, you guys had got to uh, explore a little bit of Cesare's backstory, get some of that out for the fans. Uh, I mean, most of it, too.
3: really, except, you know, he's not naming names yet. I know.
0: I'll have to listen to that at some point, just because obviously Jordan <laughs> and I weren't there for that. But and uh, got a few hints about Adria's backstory there.
6: Hmm. Yep, a little bit, little bit, Look look hmm. crumbs, little cookie crumbs.
0: Hmm. Yep, <laughs> cookie crumbs. <laughs> Raven got to eat some like salmon sandwiches or something.
6: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, food. yeah. Man, could
0: so I? Food.
2: Oh, I want salmon
0: sandwiches. <laughs> and then
6: <laughs> the weird guy, like, the weird guy that was buying the vase for his that was, so funny. That was so funny. <laughs> It's like you want something pretty but it's not going to shatter but if it hits you it's also probably not going to actually like hurt or actually she, it's yes. hard to throw And non-aerodynamic sturdy
0: fuzz.
1: <laughs> your yeah. least yeah, aerodynamic fuzz. it needs to basically just be a cube but, but like okay. just thick enough to be heavy enough to not really be able to be thrown well mm. I need a
0: cube but with rounded corners Yeah.
6: <laughs> and then we heard about a serial killer
0: another one
6: yeah, apparently.
0: Why not more? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Elsewhere in the city, Victoria, um, in one of her classes with uh, with her professor Yanov, had seen the uh, the curious figure, the appearance of a uh, investigator by the name of Tiaset Tiora. She
6: was cool <laughs> looking. I liked her nose ring.
5: Yeah, I liked yeah. her a lot.
0: It was <laughs> a real cool aesthetic, and apparently is a a famed uh, investigator. I think uh, Rachel mentioned her character might be a little starstruck with her uh, appearance here, as she's Probably, a famed yeah. chelish investigator. Huh. Except she's investigating
3: us. Yeah, she did mention <laughs> the saltworks and the phantasmagorium with bodies and, yeah.
0: Oh. But also, oh. <laughs> I think she phrased it as, if I were to bring you uh, anatomical sketches, could you tell me the difference between a natural lightning strike versus magical electricity?
5: <laughs> and then my brain Night was like, thing. yes, probably, because if you was a natural one, you would have an entrance and an exit, whereas for the magical one, you may not.
0: Sure. Hmm. Yeah, Vittoria had uh, overheard some of that conversation and then actually had a brief uh, com- combo with her where apparently not only is she investigating potentially the Silver Ravens, but also maybe another active serial killer uh, oh. in the and old, uh, old Kentargo. Yeah,
6: Yeah, we oh. got to get over there and look for a serial killer.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh no. Why? Why so many serial cere- Why is Kentargo home to so many serial killers? <laughs> I
4: don't know. But now man. is
2: the opportune <laughs> moment.
0: Just coming oh, out of true. the
1: woodworks.
2: Oh, jeez.
4: But this one they're trying oh, to keep salt quiet. Or the saltworks,
0: as it were. <laughs> yeah, saltworks, uh, if you will. Yeah. Yep. Then <laughs> we left that episode off with a little tease as uh, Victoria had met up with uh, not necessarily an old friend per se. Oh, They did, they ah, did an hug. An acquaintance. But yep. an old acquaintance who had uh, uh, warned her that, for lack of better terms, she was watching.
5: Yeah, we're yeah, playing some, the pronoun some game. Some sort of creepy Burn-out woman game.
0: in the shadows. Huh. Interesting. So we've explored some of Cesare's backstory, but some of uh, Victoria's secret past may be coming up. So,
4: yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, that was uh, kind of a recap of the last few episodes. Don't know yeah. if you guys had any questions pertaining towards them.
1: What are you gonna have us do in our episode? Oh, just <laughs> I guess just you wait. We'll have to listen to find out. There's a serial yep. killer.
6: Remember? There's a oh, serial no. killer. God. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Lucia, you return home to your to your apartment, and uh, there's somebody mm. sitting in the chair. Hello, Lucia.
4: Oh. They
3: wouldn't be sitting in the chair. They'd be, you know, hiding in the closet. Lucia is walking home, and she sees a man and <laughs> with the crutches and a you know cast, dropping his books every two seconds. Is she gonna help him? The answer is no. <laughs> Never help anyone ever.
1: Yeah, that's the, just what my mama said. <laughs> to be fair, that's it's it's that a little too obvious. I think it'd be said. I think yes. it'd
0: be more fun to be like you wake up the following morning, Lucian, You don't really feel you had a, a restful night's sleep, and swing your feet out uh, from under the covers, and are curious because you're you're still wearing your clothing, your feet are covered in mud. There's a bloody razor blade on your nightstand.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what have you
0: been doing? <laughs> no, yep. murdering in my sleep. So yeah, for, uh, for our B-side of our A-side B-side, uh, for those of you not really familiar, I think I mentioned it in the, the recording, we like to do the occasional, and by that I usually mean like once every 100 episodes or so, um, A-side B-side, individual <laughs> arcs.
5: I mean, it uh, didn't used story to be 100 allows. episodes. <laughs>
1: it just kind of came <laughs> out that way.
0: Yeah. yeah, so check back in and round episode 130 or so for the next A-side <laughs> <A-B> B-side. <laughs> <Woo! laughs> Where Nicolo finally gets a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, if you do like that format, uh, you know, go online, contact, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always like some feedback. So I suppose then we should uh, we should jump into our emails now, shall we? All Sounds righty. Good. Our first email comes from Rogue Rouge from the Dismal Niche, Ooh. Ravenel. Rogue nice. Rouge, I, I like, like it. The like Dismal Niche. <laughs>
1: Is that a town?
0: The Dismal Niche is a name given to the Arcadian Ocean coastline southwest of Vire Island off the northwestern coast of Ravenel. It borders Nisrach Bay to the east and Cape Dis to the west.
4: Very
5: nice.
0: Yep. Few travelers uh, to or near Dismal Niche uh, as dangerous reefs hinder sea traffic and people tell of waters being haunted.
1: Oh, oh, man, that sounds okay. like we definitely need to go there. Who
0: knows?
1: I, I was going to say, did, did, did this person writing in just tell us one of our future adventures? Is this person writing it? in like
6: me in the future? <laughs> in.
4: <laughs>
0: Jessica I from the there? future, the Rogue <laughs> Rouge, <laughs> they subsequently write in, Dear Revolutionaries. Ooh, I like it. Ooh. I like that a lot. Sup? Sup. Oh Sup. my
3: god, homie. I'm a
0: long-time listener who's found that your Assyrian and Shlaxian Adventurer podcast have advanced to Rebellion rank 6 in his heart.
4: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Aww. As a DM who's recently guided his table to the end of, Hell's, of a Hell's Rebels AP this year, it's been Ooh. enchanting and nostalgic to listen to you as you play through Hell's Rebels. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I love listening to the doorkeepers, but I experience it more as a novel radio play because I've not played or DM'd The Mummy's Mask. Ah, fair, fair enough. Ah. I find myself enjoying the small touches in the coffee shop, the bits of daily life, and, of course, your group's signature ability to bring it to life familiars and various companions.
6: <laughs> I love a slice of life.
0: Um, I was just say, a slice, slice of life, of
1: life. Yeah. that's the good stuff. And
0: I appreciate, with pleasure, how your PC's character backgrounds will intersect with the events of the adventure path. In the last episode, Emporium Arcanum, I was particularly envious as a DM to hear how devious the simple act of surrender could be. Mm. <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs>
1: yep. That
0: is notably devious. <laughs> yep.
1: That was, uh, dang it, that was a smart move. <laughs> yep.
4: Yep.
0: I am moved by Emporium Arcanum's debate of pragmatism and idealism to write not just to praise you, but to ask you all two questions. Oh, questions. Okay. All fair right. enough. First... What real-world revolution would each character be inspired by? Ooh. My table definitely had some players researching real-world revolutions to guide their actions during the rebellion. And afterwards, note one got me into a lovely historical podcast called Simply Revolutions. Oh,
3: that sounds mm. pretty good. Uh, fun. Mm. I mean, I didn't really look into historical revolutions for I know any of this. About-
6: some of them from history like I took a lot of history yeah, classes Yeah I college. mean just
3: the basic ones they talk about in history but I don't know you know a lot about them so I don't really I don't really know.
1: I'm I'm gonna go on a little journey here so Lucia is kind of a dramatic person um, thus I feel like she would want to have a very dramatic res- revolution. A revolution dramatic enough to have been turned into a play lame is mm. French oh, the Revolution. The French Revolution is interesting. Yeah, but French Revolution was also very public, like very like you know executing people in the streets, kind of like crazy, you you know uprising of people. So I feel like that would be like
6: emulate the French Revolution. I don't think she'd want to
1: emulate that, but I feel like it might inspire her to be like, I want to get the people involved and you know together, strength in numbers, blah blah blah. There's already a
0: place in Galarian to go if you want to emulate the French Revolution. Oh, that's true. Yeah,
1: (laughs) have some fun in
6: Yeah, Mm. I think. um, I mean, I don't. I don't know if Adria would ever have been involved in any real-world revolutions, right, or inspired by them. But Jessica, the player's uh, revolution of choice, the one that I think is the most interesting, is the Haitian Revolution. Oh, um, yeah. Which is arguably the the largest and most successful slave rebellion uh, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, Essentially, it was... um, the, the people of Haiti throwing off not only the concept of slavery but also French control over the colony
4: Yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, which is really cool yeah
5: still makes yeah. me mad that they were paying France up until the 1970s well yeah. you know
2: yeah well
5: things yeah. are not great but
6: I did enjoy like you don't often you just don't ever like I didn't learn about that in school that's a thing no, that I yeah, just that like stumbled upon points. in a, like a YouTube deep dive at some
2: point and then read about I mean I don't know how much it influenced anything to do with Nikolo. I'm going to say probably only very minorly, if at all. Um, but I was always interested in the uh, Satsuma Rebellion and uh, Meiji area, uh, Meiji mm. era Japan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a very interesting uh, time period. Kind of a group of more traditional samurai kind of fighting against the like imperialist like changes in the government and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, they they ultimately failed, mm. but it is a very interesting period of history.
5: Um, actually, the first thing that popped into my head is I have always had a very strong admiration for uh, Harriet Tubman mm. during the Civil War and before, and all that whole. I, I I actually have a very distinct memory of watching this educational video in my elementary school class. And just being so enraptured with like everything she went through and how she just stuck it to them, she was like, even to uh, her husband, she was like, "Oh, you don't want to come back with me and help people? Well, I'm gonna do it anyway." <laughs>
6: yeah, no, she was really, really, yeah, she was really and cool.
5: I just, she is one of the most amazing people that I think has ever walked this earth. Like, I just love her.
2: I can certainly agree to that. Yep.
0: You
6: can wax poetic about. Tons of revolutions and rebellions and protests that were really awesome and really great. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. No, I I think I'm kind of with you guys where it's, I have a general knowledge of revolutions. I'm not a, uh, I'm not like Ross. I'm not an actual historian. I'm just an Mm. amateur historian. Well, it's interesting because, you know, as as Americans, I think most people would assume that we're tapping into the American Revolution, Mm -hmm. although, you know, that's more, you know, a representative democracy or, you know, it's the ideal behind the American Revolution. And, That's not necessarily what you guys are going for here, because again, you know, Chalaxians are used to being in a monarchy, so I don't think that your plan was okay, we're gonna overthrow House Thrune and then establish a parliament. Or Congress, or anything yeah, like that. I don't that.
1: know if we've thought that far <laughs> we, ahead. I honest. literally I have not fa- got that far ahead. But how are we going to do it? Are we going to be doing like a council? Or are we going to be having?
3: I mean, because even because Taldor still has a you know has a monarch and then has yeah. the council and everything underneath them. I think uh, isn't Agorian the only true democracy in Galarian? Ah, uh,
1: Andoran. Andoran, yeah. I was like, Agorian. Yeah, I- you no, know,
3: my brain. <laughs> Andoran, yes. I think
1: it might be the only democracy. Yeah.
0: Andoran is the only real democracy, and even then, it's a it's not full-blown, like, American-style democracy. There is, yeah. because
6: of the share lore that I wrote, there is a district or a level of Kermaga that runs as a democracy.
2: Huh. Interesting.
0: I don't Kinda remember know the name that. Of it. It strikes me a little bit more like the uh, the English Revolution. I think it was one of the Jameses and one of the Williams. I don't know. <laughs> the, the bringing down feudalism, the establishment of, like, the bourgeoisie, and, mm. you know, all the rest of that, as far as, like, changing it over to a different type of state.
6: They never had a true revolution in England, which is why they still have a king. But they kind of, like, continued to, like, put band-aids on it. And a guy got beheaded. And this Yeah, is, the, the English revolution I'm thinking
0: about was, uh, I think, I'm not sure if in England they still refer to it as, like, it's, it's a civil war. But one of their numerous civil wars in the 1600s is the one that I was thinking of that was kind of, like, the the birth period for the idea of the breaking down feudalism and the establishment of, like, agrarian class and all the rest of that capitalism focus. Hmm. As far as uh, power that is taken out of power, in the case of the city of Kentargo, a a Lord Mayor that has been violently removed and then replaced with someone and then attempting to overthrow said new oppressor. Mm -hmm. Because you guys are already in kind of a military state. Yeah. So maybe a little more Russian Revolution at that point.
5: Yeah, because I mean, Jess and I both studied the Russian Revolution very closely, but I don't think there was any uh, good side to that one.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No. It kind of <laughs> was
5: just, and then there just wasn't it's like, like there was a whole it thing kept getting there and then it was like, nope, <laughs> like there were like a, it was a strangely
6: egalitarian situation for a second yeah. and then it
0: wasn't anymore.
6: Anyway, yeah.
0: well, I mean, you guys might hit on something better because usually the biggest problem with the revolution is when um,
6: what do you do when you win? the revolutionary?
0: That's... Well, what you do afterwards and a lot of times mm-hmm. it's the revolutionaries are then trying to put themselves into power. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in the Silver Ravens has these aspirations of, okay, when we're done with all this, I'll be Lord Mayor. Oh yeah, none
1: of us. You know? are that. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, no. Cesare
3: would die of laughter if someone suggested putting him in charge. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> Looking around, like none of us are really smart enough to do this. And kind of Irexus, like. Eh? smart
3: enough
5: excuse you a lot of us are smart enough
0: I'm more like the idea of you looking around none of us are really smart enough to do this and then you just see one black paw raise up
4: <laughs> <laughs> there
3: are cat mayors in the real yeah. world
2: yeah that's true. that's true cat
3: mayor cat governor it's all I think there's
2: a dog governor or mayor or something yeah. too yeah.
3: Raven's lord mayor of Kentargo when it's all over <laughs>
2: yeah. I love it.
0: it Raven first of her name <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, Rogue Rouge goes on to ask I'm also curious have you as people found yourselves browsing the world history section of free libraries and bookstores yeah Mm-hmm.
3: pretty I much mean, yeah, definitely. since forever <laughs> yeah yeah European history was more my jam when I was younger but it's been a long time since I've sat down and read a history book you know what I really like the history of like
6: food and like how different crops and different food things drove a lot of historical events and, and kind of the mm. shaped history around yeah. us. There's a book called, like, The Edible
5: History of the World or something that's, like, really interesting. Yeah. There Not to be confused
2: y- with edibles history.
4: But. No, that, yeah, uh. a different book. We learned
5: a lot about that during, uh, uh, was it the Columbus Exchange? Yeah, the Columbus Exchange with potatoes, for example, which are only native
6: to North America.
3: It's freaking fascinating stuff. <laughs> There's a YouTube channel a couple of YouTube channels that I watch called Biographics and Geographics which are usually like 15-20 minute videos either about a person or like a specific place and if something mm. catches my eye on those I'll watch them like they have a cool one about Stonehenge and some other ancient mm. monuments and mm. they've done several about Egyptian pharaohs and like the pyramids and things like that. So yeah. but I don't really sit down and read history anymore. I just I don't I probably should. I just find myself <laughs> gravitating towards other things Uh, i watch documentaries on stuff
5: like that like
6: a few Mm -hmm. years back i taught world history and u.s history to like high schoolers and so i learned a lot there because it was a private school so we got to like actually teach history which was cool Hmm. yeah
0: i like to read about various things but i mostly focus on like old world history like Mm. i like egypt rome you know greece all the rest of that stuff yep and the assassin's creed games
3: Yes, and the Assassin's Creed <laughs> yeah, games; those true. are history Basically lessons, right? Basically,
0: historically accurate games.
4: <laughs>
5: Actually, surprisingly so. They're like hire yeah. historians.
0: Well. I was going to say, speaking of the Assassin's Creed games as well as YouTube channels, uh, was it Overly Sarcastic Productions? They do a number of uh, interesting mm. videos on historical sites and locations and everything else that are done with a with a strong comedic edge, but it's just enough to give you like a surface level knowledge of some of these events.
2: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I did a lot more history reading, obviously, when I was in my undergrad, because, you know, that was my historian focus. Um, yeah. But there, there are some really cool, like, popular history books that I've read more recently. Um, of particular note, if you're into Renaissance art or architecture, I would check out Ross King. I'm not just saying that because we share a name. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ross only reads historical books written by other Rosses. Exactly. This is the uh, Ross consortium here. Okay. Uh, um, But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's some, it's some very interesting stuff. He's written one about um, the Sistine Chapel, I believe, Brunelleschi's dome, which is a marvel of Renaissance architecture. Um, How it was constructed is very interesting. If you're into that sort of thing. Anyway, just a thing to throw out there. Um, If, uh, I, I am a librarian by trade, so I tend to have a lot of recommendations for books, if anybody ever wants any.
6: Ah, uh, history. <laughs> now we're on the history podcast. Welcome to the history
0: podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Find the Path history podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, that's it from uh, Rogue Rouge. So well, thank you righty. for writing in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do have a second email here. Uh, hmm. This is from Jason L. from Druma. Hey, Jason. Hello. Hello, is he related Jason. To Ooh, Cal from Cal Druma. L. Cal, I see what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Jason writes in and says, "Greetings,
1: hello, hello, Hello.
6: and fair tidings to you."
0: Yeah, usual (laughs) praise for your various high quality virtues. (laughs)
1: Aww,
4: cool. <laughs> wow, that I appreciate that was the shortest that. Thank
1: summation you. of, like, a praise. I love period. it. I'm here for it. I, I, I don't like really know it.
3: if I have any high-quality virtues, but sure, thanks.
2: <laughs> I mean, we all have at least one virtue and one vice, right? If if vampires taught me anything.
5: That's I'm pretty, pretty sure <laughs> I have way more vices than I do virtues. I wouldn't uh, argue
0: otherwise. So it goes on to have uh, basically just immediately launches into three bullet points. So we'll start with okay. bullet point number one. Okay. Listening to episode 25, and Rick mentions his gripe of the, quote, hate for percentile dice unquote (laughs) in 2 I also thought it strange when I started playing PF2E, but realized that this way, Paizo doesn't have to expand the hero point rules to include percentiles, just D20s. Mm. True. Mm. I think it makes logical sense, but also I like to use all seven dice in my dice
1: bag. I paid for all seven dice. I'm using all seven (laughs) dice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even if I rarely roll the D12.
5: Sometimes we (laughs) roll it just for fun.
1: I
0: like great axes.
5: Yeah, you gotta pick up the (laughs)
0: great axes. All right. So second point is a two-part question about conversions.
5: All right. KK.
0: Rick, what is the most difficult mechanically to convert? Monster stats, I would presume. Uh, My answer to that is treasure. It's always treasure. Mm -hmm. Treasure is the biggest pain in the butt. It's
1: the economy being totally different.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's balancing the new treasure and the way that Pathfinder the 2 expects you to do treasure. Hey, yeah, a lot items, of items don't
1: exist yet. Yeah, a lot
0: of items don't exist. Uh, honestly, with monsters, the stat conversion's pretty easy because they more or less give you guidelines. And mm-hmm. now that enough time has passed, many monsters from uh, Pathfinder 1 have already been converted over to Pathfinder 2, especially yep. if you're doing an older Pathfinder adventure path where there are fewer monsters. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying honestly, if I was trying to do a mummy's best conversion, I don't think it'd be that difficult,
4: mm.
0: except yeah. for the treasure, which yeah. would be a pain. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yes. The treasure would be a huge pain.
0: Heather, Jessica, Jordan, Rachel, Ross. Do you ever notice something and think, "quote I can tell that that was a conversion," end quote, or is it seamless? Mm.
3: I haven't played enough 2 e to really kind of pick up on that yet. I don't think.
1: So so spoilers. All of this adventure path is a conversion, and we're well aware of that. That's not a big secret. As far as, like, me looking at that and going, that doesn't feel like that was converted right. Not really. One, I'm just kind of a guy that takes things at face value. Two, I don't know this adventure path at all. So Rick could be inserting entire new scenes, and I would have no idea.
3: I trust Rick to make the conversions fair, I guess, is another way to say that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna take something and make it crazy overpowered and 2e just because he's changing it and can go, oh, I could have I could give it this and this and this and this and this just because, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like so. it, there's things like sometimes if you do conversions, things like monsters get really hard or they become really easy. Like I've I've done some homebrew stuff, so I know like that sometimes this can be a problem. And like it's hard to tell because sometimes it we've had fights in one e where Hey, we just got lucky we have the right mix of stuff. It's cakewalk and other times Mm. it's a slog. So the difficulty of a fight like fighting Nox um, isn't like I wouldn't have anything to reference to go. Oh, that was definitely not how that should have gone. Mm. I don't know the stat block, so I don't know. Maybe Nox isn't supposed to have immunity to silver. I don't know, you know, so we just kind of take it as it is.
6: Short answer, nah.
1: Basically. (laughs)
2: There was one time that I think I was able to tell on some level that I'd been converted, and that was the fight with the tooth fairies, hmm. because I just know that tooth fairy swarms like that was new, and I was like, "Oh dear God, why can they pull out teeth as a like three round action? <laughs> oh,
4: why yeah, is that yeah. a
0: thing?" Actually, uh, fun thing, I didn't even have to make a conversion from that tooth fairy swarms or something. They put out the best ears. <laughs> hey excellent so terrifying wonderful is Splend. that excellent
3: wonderful. is excellent the word we want to use for that i'm <laughs> not sure <laughs> if excellent. It is.
0: i found it way more interesting to do the tooth fairy swarms as opposed to doing a bunch of individual tooth mm. fairies because uh in any case it's smaller number of monsters and initiatives and turns i have to track and it is faster for the audience yeah it's kind of the reason the troop rules work so well
2: but yeah i, I think um you know, like, for some reason, I was just like, yeah, I think this is part of the conversion, but I love it as a player. <laughs> as an ecolo, no, this is awful. I hate it. Get these things away from me. But. <laughs> yep. Lots of uh, dipping a little bit into the body horror anytime the tooth
0: fairies come out. Oh, <laughs> hate them. Hate them. Yep. Everyone's favorite. So next point is the main point to this email, following your advice to get moved. Last time I got put in Druma, blarg. In the <laughs> Kingmaker game I'm running, the party named their kingdom in the River Kingdoms Blaston, hmm. and considering how well they've been doing with the kingdom building, I would like to live there.
2: I mean, okay. I'd say yeah. All right,
0: yeah.
4: Can move. Your
0: moving forms have been approved. approved. Yes. 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 <laughs> Teleportation, expenses approved. Teleport mm-hmm. immediately to Blaston. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh Jason signs off with uh thanks for being awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Enjoy your move. Yep.
1: Yes. Yes. Enjoy
0: blasting. <laughs> yep, enjoy blasting.
5: <laughs> yes. I hope you have some of those uh fancy peacock uh, boxes to move all your stuff.
0: Yeah. Mm. And hopefully uh <laughs> Hopefully your players don't end up you know, falling prey to their own uh, tyrannical uh, inhibitions and suddenly Blasta becomes a terrible place to live. Pirate maker, pirate <laughs> <Tyrant> maker! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that concludes our emails for today. However, we have been casting. Oh yeah, devil lords. Oh, That's so right. uh, I suppose we need to cast another Arch devil. Excellent. Very well. Today we're going to be casting Moloch the Archdevil Ruler of the Infernal Lair of Malbolg. Mal-, Mal, these names. Malbolg.
3: <laughs> it's the eighth circle of hell if you're going by Dante's Inferno. However,
0: no, it is the sixth circle if you're going by Pathfinder. It is said that Just all who you. burn join the armies of Moloch. A being of seething wrath, the Lord of the Sixth embodies both absolute discipline and directed destructive force. General of Hell's armies, Moloch endlessly trains his infernal legions to be the greatest martial force in the multiverse and ultimately defeat the hosts of heaven and goodness throughout the great beyond. Prior to the exodus of the devils from heaven, the Exender Archon that would become Moloch tended heresy's ovens in the great library of harmonious scripture. For aeons, he served heaven dutifully, never reading a word of the forbidden text (laughs) in the heresy ovens. Just before the fall of Asmodeus, his lieutenant Beelzebub entered the Great Library and asked for a piece of the Great Library's flame. His request was granted, but since Beelzebub could not control the flames, he instead led the extender outside, carrying him with a single cinder. Knowing that no Archon would deny him, Asmodeus drew him into his plots, armed him with the blasphemous flames, and sent him into battle. It is unknown whether he followed Asmodeus out of obedience or corruption of the flames." The former Exender led his forces from victory to victory, while the flame slowly fed off his own essence and became one and the same with him. Eventually, Asmodeus clad the burning Archon in black plate armor and named him Moloch. Okay. Uh, so then. long story short, whatever body uh, he may have once possessed was consumed by flame long ago. Now the general of hell is an embodiment of the most devastating and human aspects of war. A creature of fearsome black metal and spiked armor encrusted with the blood of countless opponents. I know exactly uh, what I'm his casting. With clawed gauntlets, he exerts a strength of a titan to heft the blood-soaked sword Rathame and the horned battle axe Golek. Even in his most tempered moods, flames leak from Moloch's eyes, flaring nostrils and every other joint and kink of his scorched armor, this blazing growing more wild as the archfiend's ire rises. He never removes his armor, although the rare occasions where it has become damaged in the heat of battle, nothing lies beneath but flames and the faint outline of a withered fire-charred
2: bones. Wow. Well, so it's pretty right heavy then. metal. Yeah.
5: I'm
1: ready. <laughs> all right. Um, hmm.
5: So it's really more about the voice than
3: anything. Yeah. Mm. No, that changes it for me a little bit. I am ready. There's just I so many two.
0: choices. too. So uh, I'm gonna wait. I'll, I'll go ahead and and leave mine for last. We'll say.
2: All right. So just. It'd be right. really funny if we if we took both of Rick's before we got around that
0: to. That would be him.
6: delightful. <laughs> I'm gonna go classic. Classic. If we're casting on voice alone, we're looking for someone intimidating, the leader of vast army of evil folk. Obviously. I'm going to say James Earl Jones. Yeah, I hate That's you. Why I him. <laughs> That's why I didn't
5: pick him. That's why I didn't pick him.
2: All
0: right.
5: Oh, man. I have another Classic. one.
3: It's okay. Okay. All right.
1: So for oh, any audience members
0: that do not know James Earl Jones.
1: Yeah.
3: Darth Vader. Darth Vader, uh, I think, yes,
1: baby. The yep. voice of Darth Vader.
6: Voice mm. of Darth Vader, Mufasa, a bunch of other stuff. He's in the Arby commercials.
1: Very deep bassy voice.
2: He was the main villain in the Conan the Barbarian movie. He's got some um,
5: presence behind that yes,
2: voice. Yeah. He definitely does. He's
5: the, the blind old guy from the sandlot. I
4: yes, that's yeah.
1: true. Oh wow. yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I never knew that. In the yeah, yeah. the dog. Classic. It's, it's
5: his dog, yep. Hercules. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Um James okay. I'm uh so for me, um I am going to go with Arlie Lee Hmm who you may know as the uh, uh, the drill sergeant um, in Full Metal Jacket.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I, yeah. You said he trains the armies of hell, and that just makes me think he's a drill sergeant because, like, that movie... <laughs> like, uh, so Full Metal Jacket, for me as a kid, I watched it and was like, I never want to join the army because I don't want somebody yelling at me like that. Like, that was anxiety-inducing. <laughs> he was a inducing. Real drill yeah. sergeant. He is, yeah. actually, and was a real uh, drill sergeant. Also did not realize... He was the uh, voice of Sarge in the first three Toy Story franchise movies. Nice.
3: Yeah. He was there for to instruct the guy that was supposed to be playing the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. And they finally just said, hey, you show them. And they recorded it. And then that's what ended up in the movie because the actor couldn't get it down.
6: <laughs> I think he passed away in 2018. Just so you know. That's, that's sad. No,
1: mm.
5: seriously. I think so. Uh,
0: posthumous casting, though.
4: We've, oh. done, that. No, we've
1: right. done that.
3: We've done
5: that. Yeah, it's posthumous
1: fine. casting then, because uh, that was the first person I thought of when you said trains the armies of hell. So, <laughs> mm.
3: all right. So another actor with a very deep, distinctive voice. Since Jess took James Earl Jones, James I'm going to go with uh, Michael Dorn. Okay, good yes. oh, oh, Michael
1: Dorn. Nice. Yeah, no, that's a all great right. choice. That's a great one. Yeah.
3: For those of you who don't know, he plays Worf in Star Trek. That's, I think, what most everybody would probably know him But he's from. also been a
1: voice Famously actor Worf. in all kinds of different things. Sure. Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, Michael Dorn. He's also got that really deep, just, you know, good voice that I think would work for this.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Rachel?
5: I'm so glad nobody took this one yet. Clancy Brown, who is the Kurgan from Highlander. And also Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Oh, but he like yeah <laughs> Mr.
2: Krabs. It's probably bad that I recognize that one more than Highlander. I know, but, it is bad yeah. that like,
1: I, I, I like, immediately know who you say when you say. So- if you've Mr. seen Ramos. the
5: original Highlander movie, you know he's like, it's better to burn out than to fade away, and he's just, mm. I, he's got a voice that that is so recognizable, and it's, and he he himself is just a fantastic actor. He's also
6: apparently Surter in Thor Ragnarok.
3: Yes, hmm. he is. So another guy on fire. See, yeah. you know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, there anyway, you go. Yeah
2: guy on fire <laughs> guy on fire been typecasted as a guy on fire
4: uh, I have, Russ? we'll be
2: playing ghostwriter next uh, anyway <laughs> Nicolas Cage was on my short list but <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean excellent eh, that would have been an interesting one.
2: Oh man but uh, no I went for um, uh, a person that I was surprised hasn't been casted as anyone yet unless you know I looked at the list wrong but uh, Patrick Warburton um mm.
1: Not familiar yeah. with him.
2: I mean, most of you will probably recognize him as either the voice of Brock Sampson from Venture Brothers oh, or Kronk yes. from uh, Emperor's New Groove. Um, the poison he has kill a-
5: Couscous. Couscous is poison.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Wrong <Yeah>. lever.
2: <laughs> but I mean, he's done a lot of different stuff. You know, he was Lemony Snicket in the most recent series of Unfortunate Events, uh, which I thought was. I mean, I only saw a couple episodes of it. I really need to finish it at some point, but I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I think that uh, he's got a deep voice. I think he would do a more, like, slightly comedic take on the character.
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's Uh, okay. The Lords of Hell don't have to be super serial, y'all. True.
2: All the time, at least. So, I don't know. I think it would be fun. So, that's my suggestion.
4: Thanks.
3: Alrighty, Rick.
2: All right. so uh, I wanted to go with an actor that... um,
0: has a lot of gravitas so you of course have to have the uh, the voice but also gets really physically into his role so even if he was doing like the motion capture kind of thing or something like that for mm. a flaming suit of ar- armor and everything. Uh, unfortunately I believe he is uh, he's retired from acting now although I think he might be getting back into it. I haven't I'd heard something recently.
5: I have a suspicion I know who you're gonna say.
0: Daniel Day sp- Lewis. Oh hmm. amazing oh. range plays very angry intimidating people. I immediately was thinking uh his character from the gangs of New York with a impressive mustache, but also just mm. like charming, but at the same time like intimidatingly rage filled.
5: He is and a method like a actor, goes, though, yeah, so he he's going to become a lord of hell. He's going to go <laughs> get on fire.
3: Um, that's okay. I was looking at you know when I, we were looking at actors, I was looking at Moloch's. Uh, uh, wikipedia thing and he hangs around with the so whoever gets cast as this gets to hang around with idris elba all day so Um, you know i do love idris elba
0: (laughs) but yeah daniel day lewis has a phenomenal range he really gets into his character roles and everything else and uh can quickly like flop between being both charming and horrifically angry
5: yeah if you haven't seen him as hawkeye in last of the mohicans
0: oh yeah hands down Mm -hmm.
5: one of the best movies ever made for one uh but his portrayal in that is amazing yeah
1: (laughs) Fun random fact about me: One of my high school teachers was a historian work- who worked on *Last of the Mohican*.
5: Cool. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: Neat. So he told us all kinds of stuff about like production of *Last of the <laughs> Mohicans* it was weird. Yeah,
5: it's it's one of my favorite movies.
0: Uh, he was also in uh, *There Will Be Blood*, and he was Lincoln in the Lincoln movie back. Uh, yeah. I think it was like ten mm-hmm. years yep. ago. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm thinking less of his portrayal in Lincoln and more Gangs of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Unless he comes at you with a wood chopping axe, you know? More scoring seven years ago. So, yeah, those are your options for the uh, the Lord of the Sixth.
3: We've only got two more Lords of Hell after this. Goodness gracious.
2: I wonder what we're going to do after the Lords of Hell. But let's not get too far ahead because there are still two more Lords
4: Lords of of Hell Hell to
2: cast. The sublords of hell,
4: the like of hell or something.
0: I oh, mean, they're the what are the Melibrok? They're the queens of the night. There's the uh, hmm. Asuras, feasibly, if we wanted to go that direction.
1: I mean, yeah, all there's right. there's all kinds of like named entities in hell. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I suppose uh, go on our Discord and cast yes. your votes. I suppose uh, tune back in next time to figure out what happens to the uh, the boys. I mean, boys by Jordan and Ross, since uh, mm. you know, it's Lucia and Niccolo. And yes. uh, what crazy antics they might get up to.
2: Oh, man.
0: I'm
3: sure it'll be fine and has nothing to do with a serial killer almost killing one of them. Yeah, yeah definitely. It'll be good.
0: There were no survivors. <laughs> so we will leave it at that. And until next time, good luck, Pathfinders.
3: Good luck.
2: Luck out there. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath.